buffoons of history. In the year 978, after the mysterious murder of his half-brother Edmund at Corfe Castle, a young boy aged about ten became King of England. His name, Ethelred the Unready. Hello, my name is Ethelred. I'm perfectly ready for anything, thank you very much. Now where did I put my crown? Welcome to the Buffoons of History. Loosely based upon the facts Famous for their silly acts Listen to me as I tell to thee Tales of the buffoons of history A ridiculous beyond comprehension Definitely worth a mention Listen to me as I tell to thee Tales of the buffoons of history. Tales of the buffoons of history. Welcome to the buffoons of history. Let me introduce you to young Ethelred. Stop mothering me. What do you expect me to do? I am your mother. She was indeed his mother, and her name was Queen Elfrith. Well, Mamsie, I have a few demands. I want my own money, and I want to make a few decisions. After all, I am king. There, there, dear. As you know, you are king in name only. The Archbishop and I have control over you. I have a funny feeling in my waters that in the future they will call this power of attorney for reasons I do not understand. Oh, you and that rotten Archbishop Dunstan, or Archbishop Dunst as I prefer to call him. I see him more as an arch-nemesis rather than an archbishop. Have you any idea what Nemesis means? Yes, the inescapable agent of my downfall. What books have you been reading? The dictionary, obviously. Oh, that makes sense. Now, remember, there is an important council meeting tomorrow. One of those meetings where you and Archbishop Dunsey decide what you're going to do with my money? The very same. Now, don't be late. The following day, the council was convened. The Queen and Archbishop were there in good time. Ethelred was nowhere to be seen. Well, Archbishop, over to you. Uh, but, but the King isn't here yet. Oh, don't worry about him. He's not that important to the proceedings. Now with some important business concerning my control of the Royal Treasury. Well, if you say so, Your Majesty. Oh, don't stand on ceremony, Dunstan. Just call me Queen Elfin. <laughs> That's a, a bit of a mouthful. Perhaps I could call you Queen Thrifty. Oh, you tease, Archbishop. Are you making fun of my well-known meanness and love of money? <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't dream of it. <laughs> <laughs> First item on the agenda... Who should look after the king's money for safekeeping? I nominate myself. As the king's mother, I am the obvious choice as protector of the national treasure. Well, if you say so, madam. Oh, hello. Sorry I'm late. I wasn't quite ready in time. So I see. I think a pattern of chronic unpreparedness is emerging. I fervently disagree. Now, what have I missed? Oh, nothing that need concern you. We were just talking about looking after your money. You don't need to bother about that. Concentrate on your your tiddlywinks, or whatever it is that the youth of today are interested in. Tiddlywinks? I don't think Archbishop takes me very seriously. And by the way, I much prefer spinning tops myself. Enough of your childish babble. Archbishop, carry on with the proceedings. But, Mother, I want control of my kingdom. Oh, be patient, Ethelred. You'll be given the royal power when you're ready. (laughs) The thing is, the boy will never be ready.
What's that you say? I was pissing. Oh, no, 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 nothing, nothing. This situation continued for several years, with young Ethelred under the control of the Queen and Archbishop, until one day, Ethelred was looking at some old parchments. Mother, I've been busy scrolling. What do you mean, scrolling? You know, scrolling through old documents. What do you mean, reading scrolls? Yes, that's what I said, scrolling. Anyway, look at this one. It says, once I reach the age of 18 and have my first beard, I can rule without you. Well, Mother, look at my face. Look at my face. You mean that wispy fluff? That's not a beard. Well, let's not split hairs. Now, guards, remove the former queen and take her to a mysterious location not known to historians, possibly a nunnery. Come with me, my lady. What is the meaning of this? Get your hands off of me. Give me back my crown. Ethelred was now in charge. There had been a period of peace in England for many years. The Viking threat had subsided. One day, Ethelred decided to go to the seaside. There, he proclaimed his happiness. Oh, it's so peaceful here, with waves quietly lapping against the shore. Just to think the land was once attacked by marauding Vikings. Thank goodness the threat had subsided many years ago. What's that noise? Hey, we're the Vikings. We're here to take all you possess and deprive you of your kingdom. Why do you speak like that? Well, that's the way Vikings speak. You obviously haven't heard any before. Yes. After an absence of many years, the Vikings had returned. What's the meaning of this? Well, you must have heard of me. My name is King Sven Forkbeard. So named because of my magnificent beard, shaped like a fork. What a ridiculous name. Well, that's a bit rich coming from you, Ethelred. You've also got a stupid name. Anyway, we digress. Give me all your stuff. Can't we talk? I must say, I'm surprised to see you don't have helmets with two protruding perky things. Oh no, that's just a myth. What about the pillaging? Oh yes, that does have a truthful basis. Uh, We will maraud and pillage unless you hand over everything you possess. We've come for a tribute. Oh, that's no problem. You're certainly a very good-looking Viking. No, no, you fool. Not that kind of tribute. We want your money. We call it the Danegeld. Later that day, the peasants had been forced to hand over their last silver pennies. Oh, you peasant, hand over that silver penny. We need it for the Vikings. Very well, King Ethelred. Take my money. At least I still have one solitary cup full of oats left for some soothing porridge. That will comfort me in my misery. Hey, peasant, stop your blubbing. I feel quite peckish. God, take those oats from him and make me some porridge. And don't forget the honey. Leave him a few grains to plant for next year. I'm not a monster now. Very well, my lord. And now we must proceed. Proceed. King Ethelred says proceed. Proceed, proceed, proceed. And Ethelred did indeed proceed back to the Vikings. Where the hell's that Ethelred? Oh, here he is. We've got your money. But just a thought, I hear you Danes like a pastry. I wonder if you'd accept 1,000 cinnamon cakes instead of the Danegeld. No, no, no. Sorry, that's how that won't do at all. We want the money. Oh, well, we've made them, so you might as well have them. Oh, thank you very much. Nice gesture. Yeah, tasty. Stop it. You're supposed to be a tough Viking. Oh, sorry, sorry, King Sven. Momentary lapse. Oh, those pastries are disgusting. You lot of rubbish. Just give us the Danegeld. The money was begrudgingly handed over. 
Well, I must say, I'm doing this begrudgingly and much against my best judgment. The counting took some time due to the huge amount of Danegeld. 99,999,100,000. with Sven and the Vikings appearing regularly to collect Danegeld. In 1013, he arrived once again. Oh, hello, Sven. I assume you want some more Danegeld. We got it ready for you. Bring out the Danegeld. There's quite a lot for you. No, I'm afraid it's not enough. We don't just want your money anymore. This time, we want the land. I'm sure we can come to some sort of agreement. Later that day, the negotiations about the land and the crown began. Bring out the map of England. Now I have a proposal. God, pass me a hollow to Ben. <coughs> Sorry the pen was so squeaky. As you can see, I've highlighted the land I'm prepared to give you. You will notice I'm prepared to grant you Skegness and Canvey Island, both strategically positioned for your boats as they come in from Denmark. Uh, no, that's no good. Give me that pen. <coughs> That can't be right. You've drawn a circle round the whole of England. No, no, that's right. We want all the land. And I want something else as well. Now what are you doing? You're drawing a picture of yourself wearing a crown. What's that supposed to mean? Well, stupid, it means what it says. I want to be king of all England. I will allow you to go into exile in Normandy. Never, never, Sven's fork beard. This means war. I will now convene my council of war. Sometime later, Ethelred convened his council of war. Where are all my soldiers? Sorry, Your Majesty, but most of them have been tupied across to the Vikings. What do you mean, tupied? Well, it's a system for when a new employer takes over the provision of a service and the employees transfer across with all their rights preserved. Well, blow this for a game of soldiers, literally. Which way is it to Normandy? I believe it be that way, sire. Very well. I'm off to Normandy. Anyone coming with me? I'll go. Me too. The wine's quite good, I hear. Yes, and the cheese is superb. So there's just three of you coming. Anyone else? Oh, well, suit yourself. A few days later, Ethelred reached the coast and prepared to board a boat for Normandy. Two hungry peasants were on the harbour side fishing. I don't know why we bother fishing. We never catch anything. Maybe we should just scavenge for some seaweed for yet another miserable meal. Oh, don't be so defeatist. There's still a small amount of light remaining. As long as the light remains, I have a small glimmer of hope. Hold on a second. I might have caught something. Look, a magnificent fish. We can feed our children some proper food. Make way for the king. The two peasants were forced to the floor as Ethelred and his small entourage made their way towards the boat. Mmm, some fish. I'll take that. It was I who took our fish. That was King Ethelred on his way into exile in Normandy. 
So, no fish supper tonight. Just a few limpets. Yes, it looks like that. Meanwhile, on the boat. I must say, I'm looking forward to a few croissants when I get to Normandy. Agreed. Yes, set sail for Normandy. And so it was that they set sail for Normandy. If you were watching a movie, you would now be seeing an animation showing a small boat superimposed on a map and moving across the English Channel, heading for Normandy, with red dots indicating the route. Since this is radio, you are clearly not seeing this and must use your imagination. Ethelred reached Normandy, but did not spend long there. One day, a messenger arrived. Well, well, well King Ethelred, I, 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 have, I, I, I have an important message for you. Well, spit it out. I, I'm trying to, but I may have overgalloped, and I'm finding it hard to articulate. What is it? Speak, you fool. Well, you could say there's good news and bad news, and then there's some other bad news. Which do you want first, sire? Give me the good news. Your enemy, King Sven Forkbeard, has died. Excellent, my problems are over. Let the celebrations begin. Don't you want to hear hear the other news? Well, if you insist, what is it? Canute, the son of Sven, King of the Vikings, is in England. He's vying to take the crown. Many in northern England have said they support him. That's bad indeed. Damn that northern powerhouse! And uh, do you want to hear the the, the, uh, the other bad news? Well, go on there. Your son, Edmund Ironside, has announced that he should be the new king. So you have two rivals for the crown. Fetch my soldiers, including the archers. Oh, well, I hope you're not intending to shoot the messenger. On this occasion, not. And come to think of it, I haven't got any archers. We must march for England, quickly at once. Sire, don't you mean set sail for England? Yes, of course. Quickly at once, to the boats. Sire, you only have one boat. Well, to the boat then. I hope it's a big one. When Ethelred got back to England, a competition for the crown began in earnest. The small coastal village of Ernest in Essex was chosen because it was handy for Vikings and English alike. The competition was organised by a powerful nobleman called Yadric the Greedy. Well, welcome, folks. Welcome to I Just Can't Wait to Be King with your host, Yadrick the Greedy. Well, hello, folks. Great to be here. Thank you. Now, as you know, we have gathered a mixed audience. Some Vikings, some English, a smattering of bishops, even a couple of peasants. A truly representative gaggle of reprobates. So, let the ceremony begin. Let the first candidate take to the stage. So, what's your name and why do you want to be king? Well, my, my name is Edmund Ironside and I suppose you could say being king runs in the family. Well, you're not the only person who could say that. Your own father, Ethelred, is still alive. In fact, he's here tonight. Give us a wave, Ethelred. Hello, everybody. Oh, oh, that old fool. Look, my father has demonstrated he's completely inept and shown that he couldn't even be trusted to organise a, a drunken celebration in a place where they make beer, let alone rule the Kingdom of England. Oh, harsh. Harsh, harsh, but sadly true. 
It hurts me to say this about my own father, but he is a complete buffoon. By your order, I'm not a complete buffoon. Just a man with a few foibles that tries to do his best. Oh. That's not a point of order. You'll get a chance to speak in a moment. Now, Edmund, what will be your social policies as king? Well, I'll be putting a stop to unlimited immigration from Europe, especially from Denmark and other parts of Scandinavia. Oh dear, that didn't go down well with the Vikings in the audience. But tell me more, how would your immigration policy work? We'll have a new points-based system for migrants. If you've got the right skills, you're in. What skills are we talking about? Pillaging, marauding, for example? Absolutely not. We're looking for more qualified jesters and harpists to keep the court better entertained. Also carpenters who can work on our plans for a million new hovels for peasants, which will be built on brownfield sites such as Stonehenge and the ruins of Roman cities in York, Chester and Cirencester. Are they really brownfield sites? They are in my book. Now, the next candidate is Canute, King of Denmark. Sadly, Canute cannot be here in person due to a prior commitment to marauding and pillaging elsewhere. The good news is that he can join us by the power of technology. And here he is on screen. Canute, you're looking good. Is that someone's head I can see on a spike behind you? Nice touch. Now, Canute, tell us, why do you want to be king? We can't hear you. Canute, you're on mute. Press the microphone button. We'll get back to you in a moment when we've sorted out the technical issues. Meanwhile, let's meet the final candidate. Last but not least, Ethelred. Where is he? He was here a moment ago. I think he went to the toilet. Oh, I, I can I can see him over there, coming out of the portaloos. Hurry up, we haven't got all day. Sorry, sorry, I wasn't ready. I thought you were talking to that canoe fella. Now, Ethelred... What can you bring to the role of king? No one can deny that I have a plethora of relevant experience. Yes, relevant, but all of it has been unsuccessful. And you left the country in ruins when you fled to Normandy. Well, that's a matter of perspective. Now let me tell you about my policies. I'd like to see one penny of every pound used to fund a comprehensive programme of integrated health and social care, unified into one effective service. Well, nice idea. But that'll never happen. And now, I'm pleased to say, we've got the line back to Canute. So, Canute, what's your one key policy? Well, obviously a marauding and pillaging, but as well as that, I'd like to establish free movements of goods and people and frictionless trade between Scandinavia and England. Oh, another controversial policy. So, some sort of customs union? Yes, that's right. There'll be no checks at the borders. Why do you want to keep the checks out? No, no, I don't mean that kind of check. I mean, we won't be doing checks on merchants' boats. We'll be having frictionless trade, allowing copious amounts of Danish lager to flood the English market, for example. Well, thanks, Canute. And now it's decision time. Sadly, two of you will be going home empty-handed. We now go to the voting. You'll remember how it works. Just cheer for the one you want to be king. By the way, I have just received a message from Canute. Free lager for all who vote for him. Okay, so let's vote. Anyone support Ethelred? 
That's no point. What about Edmund? Oh, hooray! Edmund, remember the rules. You can't cheer for yourself. And finally, Canute. And remember, he's offering free quantities of a famous Danish beer to those who vote for him. And so it was that Canute became king of all England. Ethelred and Edmund died shortly afterwards. Ethelred was a broken man. Edmund died in mysterious circumstances, possibly murdered by Canute while in the toilet. Canute ruled wisely for many years. With the Vikings ruling in England, the marauding stopped, because the marauders no longer felt a need to maraud, as they were in charge, obviously. Peace prevailed, well, until the devastation of the Norman Conquest. But that's a totally different story. And so we leave the buffoons of history until the next time. Loosely based upon the facts, famous for their silly acts. Listen to me as I tell to thee, tales of the buffoons of history. A ridiculous beyond comprehension, definitely worth a mention. Listen to me as I tell to thee Tales of the buffoons of history Tales of the buffoons of history Written by Tony McAlevey and Dan McAlevey Voices from Toby James, Tony McAlevey and Dan McAlevey Music written by Tony McAlevey and Dan McAlevey Produced and edited by Toby James and Dan McAlevey Sound effects obtained from zapsplat.com